Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to get underway. All right, everyone. Welcome to Coming of Age. Welcome, welcome. These are the Legion minisodes. We are on chapter 16. Is that episode 8 of this season? I guess. I, I think yeah. there's three more. Yeah. Oh, man. Three more. Got that extra episode added, baby. Yeah, baby. Don't know why. Still wondering about um, what's going on with that. Really just hoping there was so much they needed to get into the finale. They were like, let's just do another episode. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. But, uh, but we are the voices in your head. Uh, this is Chase Cummins. And that is Alan Lewisbrock. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the old format. <laughs> hey, we made it back. We're not mind fucked by this episode <laughs> i feel like every the episodes that really mind fucked me we just i just the intro i fucked <laughs> i meant to do it one week but <laughs> that's funny <laughs> like this episode i'm just so happy it's easily digestible but i still have i'm still excited and i still have questions so yeah love that I, it's, I'm so excited. I still have questions. I'm starting to notice that I can follow what's happening <laughs> like better and better yeah. as I, each episode goes on. So that's nice. Yeah. You can start paying attention to other things kind of. Yeah. You're like, okay, I think I, I figured out what's happening in this scene. Oh, mm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, the, the, so the, the episode starts off, um, in the desert and then it, what text comes up on the screen says, to create fear, hold up a mirror. Yeah. And it actually attributed the quote to somebody. I'm not yeah. sure if it was a real person or not. But it was a crazy name. I don't know. It, sounded, I, it was probably a real person. It sounded like a monk of some kind. Yeah, that was true. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but that just made me think of doing acid. Because you always think of, uh, I mean, you know, I, I have heard, I think a lot of people have, like, uh, just like the common thing like don't look in the mirror when you're on drugs man like huh? but like I, every time i've taken acid i have like I, specifically looked in the mirror i love looking and i've always had such a good time doing it yeah i love it there's a moment when i'm looking in the mirror and i'm, I'm like distracted by different features on my face or like uh, on my skin or something you know i mean you get you notice little details that you don't normally notice. Yeah. It's probably because, uh, and it's always the last thing I notice anyways, your fucking pupils are wider than they've ever been in there <laughs> your entire life. <laughs> and it's like, of course you're noticing all like all these li weird little details because there's more light pouring into your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're in front been. of the glamorous lights of the fucking mirror. <laughs> you're always glowing just a little bit. And you're yeah. like, oh. and then you're like, oh, that's why I look like and a you're fucking in a alien. stale fucking like, bathroom you yeah. know it's like a hospital you, you look around and you're like oh god is this is this safe it's just a pile <laughs> of pubes over there this is disgusting <laughs> why did i choose to live with five other men <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> god but what this is saying obviously is you know looking into yourself um probably is you know i'm gonna create a little fear True. within within this context of the show is it's a very fearful yeah. <laughs> kind of well it's saying if you if you truly want to 
like be afraid look inside yourself and see what who you really are mm -hmm. is pretty i think what the metaphor is saying. yeah because like we're, we're all capable of terrible shit yeah or you know yeah and it's kind of it's pretty much attributing that to david well, it could be attributed to a lot of people yeah, for sure in this, especially Melanie in this. <laughs> in this yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what's going on with her. Um, I think it kind of relates to with the whole John Hamm sequence at the end of this episode, which felt very um, uh, pointed and poignant. Um, but the way he's describing narcissism, narcissism, or just the act of uh, only thinking you're you're the one who matters in the world and then comparing that to like the modern age through digital technology and social media and stuff and how like it's dissociative in the sense that like other people start to feel like start to seem like they're not actually there and they're just like the shadows on the wall yeah like you're living inside of a cave and and the shadows on the wall that's that's not the that that's not the real world right yeah, that's what not he, the real world, but if you, and then he, <laughs> but it's real to you. Yeah. And then when you finally see the real world, you're, you know, you, you can't comprehend it. Yeah. You, you it's incomprehensible and you it. refuse yeah. it. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like what that quote is saying. Like you really want to find fear. You hold yourself up to your mirror, a, a mirror up to yourself and really take a look at who you are. And then you are going to see yourself. If you start to see yourself for who you really are, you won't be able to like accept it necessarily mm -hmm. and you become afraid um <clears throat> so i feel like there's a connection there between like the, yeah. at least the theme of this episode yeah for sure that's scary <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> that it's, whole sequence <laughs> that whole sequence was so fucking real and also like also kind of plays with the idea of us living in almost like at least it's it's just something that's been popping up in my mind more and more, just living in a simulation. Yeah. Like, be us just becoming a simulation because the internet fucking exists. Like, now yeah. we're all simulated. Like, uh -huh. But it's, I don't know, it's so, it's so fucking creepy and interesting, like, how real that shit got. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It... And then not, and it makes me look back at all the other times they've done this and just about every other episode that John Hamm yeah. has these lessons in and, um, they, they all are making points that relate to this, like this modern yeah, through, through modern life. Yeah. Um, like it, it relates, it always relates it back to modern life. Some and, of them are a little more like fictionalized and kind of crazy. Like the one with the, uh, spasm where like everyone's just like spreading the spasm. It's just using that spasm as a, yeah, but it's, it's a metaphor for panic. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, one was just, I'm just saying that this one was just like, like directly straightforward. Like, yo, yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. even necessarily, it's not even really a metaphor. He starts with a metaphor, then explains the metaphor and the entire time they're showing it to you in the context of years up. Yep. I know it. Yeah. We all know it and yeah. we still do it. <laughs> I see this every day. Oh my God. That was me earlier today pacing around on my cell phone. Yeah. That was me during the commercial break right after that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It. it was me in the, in the middle of the commercial break <laughs> <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> okay. So anyway, after that text, uh, we go to David and Sid talking like about Farouk's body and where to find it kind of arguing a little bit. 
They do a bit of arguing in this episode. Yeah, they bicker a bit. Yeah, not seeing eye to eye. I I think Sid has some uh, genuine and valid frustrations with the way David um, communicates with her. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think she has, at least this version of Sid, has a pretty fucking clear understanding of what has to happen uh, for tragedy not like to befall the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems and to me like she, she has kind of an understanding of what, what's actually helpful. Um, yeah. And David's always a little like, he's just kind of a, a step behind with, with what actually needs to be done. And he doesn't actually want to accept what needs to be done either. He just kind of wants to live in his own bubble. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, well, he becomes emotional, I think, and I think, I think now that he's free of Farouk this whole season, and he and he doesn't have that like part of him that's been kind of driving him crazy his entire life, and he's been told that he's actually not crazy. He he's starting to like actually explore himself, um, and he uh, he's kind of has like the. Um, restraint of a child when it comes to his emotional like side and so like this whole season like he he believes the first thing everybody says to him so he believes this the sid in the in the bulb at the beginning then when he starts working with farouk he believes everything farouk says and when farouk betrays him he becomes super like aggressive about it and then starts to reject uh everything uh all the rational thoughts yeah around him and like i don't know i feel like we're kind of seeing like we're gonna have to see david like mature a bit before uh we he yeah. really like comes he, he kind of he kind of was given all of these options and was trying to figure out which one to pick and then was just like fuck this i'm gonna go fucking destroy fruk's body yeah because he's the fucking threat and he's the immediate threat and he's only a threat because he antagonized me personally. Yeah. So it is like now that we're talking about it like that, it is very much so him uh, ignoring everybody else around him as if they don't exist. And he's yeah. the only one who exists. So he's like, I think that is about David and about David's state of mind. Mm-hmm. And, and possibly all of these are um, all of those John Hamm things were truly about like, what's going on in David. Yeah. Um, which means that. Uh, and they're all about different versions or kinds of mental illness, which means that David is very susceptible and still struggling with mental illness, which I think is ultimately like part of the thesis of this show is like how uh, someone who's mentally ill sees the world and how like diff- how they can truly try and recover and like how difficult that is, which is kind of an interesting way to look at the show. Yeah. Like the struggle of like recovering from mental illness. And then see, when you see the, especially when you see the world so fucking crazy. Yeah. And having to save it. <laughs> he wants you to raise the stakes. It becomes really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, okay. So they're like arguing about that. And then Tonomy, you see him, he's like watching them. Yeah. Almost. He's like in the, the tree matrix. <laughs> he's in the mainframe. Yeah, he's in the mainframe. The tree and matrix. <laughs> <laughs> he is in the tree matrix. That's exactly what he's in. It's the fucking tree matrix. It's the natural matrix of the world. <laughs> and uh, you see like a faceless uh, person next to him. And he's like, Admiral? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like uh, the Admiral like grabs him. 
or we assume it's the admiral just because he said that i assume because of where what happens next yeah well yeah, yeah. for sure yeah absolutely that um and then you you're like flipping through all these screens and you're kind of in admiral fukuyama's head and he's showing well he's reading his memories obviously yeah. autonomy is inside of his memories and he's um Admiral Fukuyama is a young boy in college, like reading Sigmund Freud. And I don't know if the person is a professor or someone who just found out about him and his mutant abilities. I don't know because, so this is what I thought initially when he was like, I used to go to this school many years ago when the world was, I wouldn't say, uh, or, uh, I forget the term he used, but basically he was saying like when the world was like less complicated, but it wasn't really, but like, it seemed like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was, uh, the X, like the professor X's academy yeah. that he was at for a second. Oh, really? And I was like, and, but, but then he, that character goes on to talk about how the, the mutants are a threat, you know, in those like vague words, terms that all the X-Men movies use where it's like people can read our minds and they're going to, you know, there's an illness amongst men, mankind and stuff. And I was like, okay, so I guess this isn't, he wasn't it. He's talking about like telepaths and like how important they are and like how it's like, well, they can read our minds now. It's important to keep secrets. They're a weapon and they're dangerous and all this stuff. And like, and like he wants to create a mind that can't be read and because he has like a healing factor kind of like wolverine they yeah. can experiment on him and whatever they did to him <laughs> turn him into something that can't be um yeah that telepaths can't like like penetrate Probe into yeah. yeah and and that he's going to be their secret weapon against the them mm-hmm. so i mean that's like a classic x-men kind of plot like yeah that's the, like a huge yeah, <laughs> a huge it's like, thing and that's what it is yeah it's wolverine <laughs> yeah it's wolverine and that's every villain that the x-men come across come like against is the the xenophobia for mutants mm-hmm. you know uh, and, and like, it's all these humans anticipating these and experimentation and everything. Like yeah. That. And yeah. exploiting their powers when they can and to fight the ones who have powers that they can't exploit and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's definitely in line with X-Men, but I don't know like who he was supposed to yeah i'm not sure if that matters or i don't think it does yeah um but i briefly thought for a second they were referencing like this kid was at like xavier's academy or like what would become xavier's academy Mm -hmm. or something um which is funny because that it ended up not being that because we did get a professor reference yeah yeah so so before that happens it's um we're it's Admiral Fukuyama, young Admiral Fukuyama is in the hospital bed. Yeah. And the old nurse that we saw from the last episode is reading to him. Mm -hmm. And it's like very interesting. And then it's like almost as if she, she was part of his memory in that sequence that we saw tonight, but like she's still with him because she's like, he's like brought her inside of him because apparently that's, I mean, that's what's going on. So like, that's something that can happen. Yeah. It's almost like he keeps her with him because it's like comforting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's this for sure. little boy, like keeping, I don't know if it's his grandmother going or through a traumatic figure. experience and keeping what, like the, something that soothed him through that experience. Exactly. With yeah. him. Yeah. 
perhaps i mean that's i mean that's, that's what the, i thought what, yeah, yeah yeah i actually didn't think that but that makes very much sense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like what's going on here hey, that's yeah. that girl <laughs> um but then we we go we we flash back to tonomy and uh there's a fuse like like sparking and stuff it and it starts out. starts pulling out and like dragging away and he's following it and he follows it to the monk who's like still there and has a dial up connection acting <laughs> coming like a, out of his mouth, yeah, acting like a fucking dial up demon <laughs> in the corner yeah. of the ceiling. And he's just like, you're still here. Like you're here now. What the fuck did you, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, he was like, did they put you in here as well? Like what, how'd you get in here? And he's just, the monk's just being crazy. Whatever the yeah. fucking sound he was making. Yeah, yeah, he makes that, and then they flash like the skeleton in the desert at that yeah. point too. It's when he reveals to Patanami, Patanami where the body is. Yeah, and I guess he's like hijacked Admiral Fukuyama, or like he's not he's not supposed to be in there, um, which is uh, interesting to me. And I'm wondering if that's going to come into play later that that the monk is still like kind of in play and he has control of at least some of the vermilion. Cause it seems like he was like manipulating. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after He's the way plugged in. Yeah. And especially after the way Patonomy took control of one of them. Well, like that's like what he did when he was in division three kind of in, invading there. Like he was doing the same thing. He was up in the corner looking like Spider-Man all hooked up to Fugiyama and shit. And they were all like, I don't know. Everyone's glitching out and shit. So, yeah. oh, I forgot that, about that. That may have been his way in before he killed himself. You know, that may have been when he at least snuck part of his like mind in. Yeah, he downloaded his freaking hard drive. But then that's when Tonomy like hacks the Vermilion, that one Vermilion, and goes to speak to David. Which is a fantastic sequence. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, oh I love it so much. I yeah. love the Vermilion so much. They're super interesting to me. They are something I never thought I would ever, obviously, ever see. I mean, that's like a very unique character. Um, but I love the people they cast for. I didn't think they'd be a part of the series for so long either. I mean, Legion's very hard to predict, obviously. Like who comes but like it goes. seemed like something that was kind of gonna like just be a part of the first half of the season. And then like, they were going to move on to something else. I don't know. Cause there was a couple episodes obviously where they, they do move away from that. Yeah. But then you're like, Oh, you know, we're, we're still doing this. Yeah. And I mean, like, they haven't, like, yeah, they haven't dropped a single character yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if they dropped that many in the first season, honestly, no. no, like when you think about it, but they always make you feel like they could, and they will at some point. <laughs> and I mean, obviously we we lost the eye who I think yeah. was a really, that was at the end though. Yeah. The it was the, the very end. And he was a good villain in the mm -hmm. first season and it was an appropriate place to, to kill him. And then also the guy who got shot, who's like in the closet, um, <sighs> at, as well. I can't even remember his name, but he seemed more important in the first season and then obviously he died and obviously isn't important at all. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even remember. I don't even remember who he is. Yeah. No flashback mm -hmm. scenes for him. None. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny to me when you watch a show and, uh, 
you're like, I wonder who's going to live and die. And then you get like four or five episodes in and you're like, well, that character, we haven't seen any like back history on that guy's <laughs> probably going to die before yeah. the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Don't know anything about where he came from. It's true. We really didn't get anything on him. Yeah. But you get everything on everyone else. <laughs> it's like, okay, well then they're probably going to stick around in some. I felt connected to him somehow, oddly. Like he almost seemed like, uh, he was just the same kind of archetype as the, as the, uh, deaf guy from Fargo. Yeah. Like he seemed like that kind of like he was going to, like he was like, going to make like a, a difference. Medium, yeah. A medium sized role in the season and then yeah. come well, back. Well, he did obviously like, you know, he like kind of, I don't know. He just died. <laughs> he <was> shot in the <laughs> he, he, There was some drama there. <laughs> like, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bullets going slowly through your face. Well, then they're going to show like pull in the multiple realities at some point, which they seem to kind of at the very, 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 very end of this. Um, in this, in the tent with Sid and, and David, which we'll talk about later, but it would be funny if they pulled in the multiple realities and that character just shows back up again. And he's from like one of the other versions of what happened. Oh yeah. Right. That's, that's true. <laughs> That'd be cool. And it's not beyond the show. To yeah. Do not that. at all. That would almost be like a fucking Fargo thing too. Like how they bring, the yeah, how they bring him back in the third season. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. On the bus. <laughs> um, so so, uh, is speaking to David through the vermilion and mm-hmm. telling him like, I don't have a lot of time. I know where Farouk's body is and like trying so hard to get it out mm-hmm. and eventually gets it out and says a, like a French word that I couldn't exactly get. It in, was, uh, immediately it was, uh, le, le désolé. J'ai désolé. Yeah. Soleil. J'ai désolé. Which I thought Soleil meant son, but Jordan said she looked it up and it, and it meant I'm sorry. But then it was like the origin for the word desolate. Yeah. Desolé. And I was like, I'm just going to type that in right now. She might have spelled it wrong. Like land of the sun or like the desert. I would think obviously it would be something to do with the desert. He's like, yo, that's where it is. Because obviously that's where David goes. Yeah, and it's a desert that can, like changes and like it's desolate and it's it's obviously in the sun and then it, it it's unnavigable un in unnavigable yeah <laughs> unnavigable unnavigationable <laughs> so it's like almost impossible to look up the word de soleil meaning because only Cirque thing you get Soleil. is Cirque de Soleil, <laughs> and you're like, I don't want the Cirque du Soleil. I want the, I want the Je de Soleil. Yeah, I, I, I took two years of French. I can't remember a goddamn thing about <laughs> it. Uh, well, Je, Je is I, isn't it? I don't think Je is I, <laughs> Je is I. Du and De are usually. Uh, like connector words from my understanding, but I think they can serve as other words and context. I don't know if it was J, honestly, I really don't think it was, but doesn't matter. Well, the, the sentence, the J'ai vu du soleil means I want the sun. It's definitely sun. Okay. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. And we can assume that his fucking body's in the desert. Cause it is, <laughs> I'll look it up after this, but I'll, I'll bet money that it was land of the sun. Yeah, something. And like something the first word that, that we missed is like the word for land or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. That's what I'm thinking. Hmm. But it's gonna be crazy if Jordan's right, and it just means I'm sorry, and it's the <laughs> land of I'm sorry. 
Man, that's that would. I, I, don't, I, I don't. I really don't, don't think, think so. so. Really don't think so. Unless it plays into something with fucking Sid and David, but like I think that they got their own thing figured out by the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so then we cut to the desert. <laughs> Oliver driving yep. through the desert and uh, him and Farouk get to this like old folks home in, home, which is also fucking like in French, I'm pretty sure as well. I think the so. sign yeah. for the old folks home. I and mean, he speaks French the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think she, I don't honestly, this is what's weird. It's like, I've watched so much foreign shit that now I don't even register when people go out of English and into subtitles. Uh, like, I don't remember if the old lady was speaking English or French. I think, oh uh, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. And it doesn't matter. It didn't, I, like, it yeah. didn't, it didn't matter. Well, like also Farouk speaks so much, uh, in both. He goes back and forth. That like, I feel like when he's, he, he's, he may have been doing that with her and she may have been doing that with him or she picked one. I don't fucking remember. remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I remember what she said. I just don't remember. Yeah. How she she was. Uh, it was the old, it, it, I mean, was it the same old lady? That's what I'm assuming the old lady that was reading. I don't think it was. You don't think it was? Mm-mm, I think they were a different old women. Okay. I think that I, I honestly, I don't know if we've seen the woman that Farouk went to go see in this episode. Okay. I think if we have, it's been in really quick flashes and I don't think it was the same woman from the Vermilion because she looked a little different. She had curlier hair and wide, like wider eyes and, um, she, I mean, honestly, she wasn't quite, I don't think she was actually quite as old as the woman inside Vermilion, inside the mainframe. Well, that's something that obviously time plays a role in that is hard to pinpoint in this show. I mean, the actress, I don't think the actress is quite as old. I think because the, the way that they showed the, the woman Farouk went to go see, they show her in a flashback really fast. And she looks, I wouldn't say like 20 something, but she looks a lot younger, like someone who's in their late forties or the early fifties. And then when it cuts to him talking to her in the retirement home or whatever, I think she was in makeup Mm. and that she was like a younger person in makeup to be like an old woman. Whereas the person inside Vermillion, I think might actually just be an old person, but they may have just tried to look her, make her look older. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You only see them for so she she hasn't played a role in which we know why the fuck she's there. So it doesn't exactly (laughs) either character if they're two different characters. Exactly. But I think that the way Farouk left her in this episode, um, I don't even know if she'll ever come back. Yeah, it's it felt to me like a very small one off character. Whereas with Vermilion, I think that character is going to have some kind of significance and show up again mm-hmm. later on. Well, also it just might be inside of Vermillion's uh, memory exactly. as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't understand exactly what was going on with that. Um, but she was talking about his past and she was, she mentioned in that scene, you know, like is the professor here? Yeah. And he was like, no, like, he's, not, he's here. not here. And you're just like the professor. That's Professor S. Uh, Professor X. It's the closest they've gotten to referencing him. <laughs> well, in this season, they straight up reference him. They call all him the way. They like call. They, well, they. Uh, I don't they, know. They just refer to him as his father. Uh, I guess so. But they they show him like 
being bald <laughs> and like doing mind power shit on the chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they like directly imply it. He's him. bald, and that's that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> they, they directly imply it's Xavier through the the visualization, but I don't. Yeah, think but I guess we ever... haven't directly been like professor. professor. They've never referred any... to because it's always just been David's father. Yeah, it's they've true. never referred to him as the professor. Yeah, that's very true. God, if we fucking get Xavier in this, I'm telling you, man, Patrick Stewart fucking shows up. I mean, he he's aware of the show and said he'd be in it. Yeah. Before they I don't see this. why he wouldn't be, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm really hoping he pops in at mm-hmm. some point. Um, if he doesn't this season, maybe he will in season three, if they, if they get around to that. I don't know. It's very strange. It's very strange to bring him into it as well after what happened with logan like it is strange but he wanted to do it it's it's more it's better it's better not to bring hugh jackman back obviously yeah like everyone wants to see patrick stewart come back as professor x he's fucking awesome well and if professor x is going to come back in a movie patrick is going to do this again or in in the role not in the movie but in the role this is the show to do it in that's Um, true because this is a show that supposed that it made the supposition that there's multiple versions of reality exactly and so i mean there's so many different ways they could just like like explain away yeah um, and also it being a tv show that's pretty much unconnected to um, uh, so far almost entirely with excluding a few minor references to the x-men and the fact that we're they're mutants yeah you know well yeah it exists in that you know yeah yeah other other than the fact that these people are mutants though there's no major indication that you're watching anything connected to x yeah that's true it's very true um so the old lady um I, i guess she knows where his body is as well it seemed to me like she was with the group that hid him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, uh, and he's trying to get it. And she's like, I'll tell you if you let me do like the endless dream. It, it, will and you give like, me the endless dream? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, all right. Which I love that idea because we've seen how powerful Farouk can be. And the, even in the first season, there's like two and a half episodes where he takes all of the characters out of one room, places them inside a mental facility inside all of their own minds as a collective uh, delusion, keeps them there for weeks, which in real life plays out to be a matter of a nanosecond, <laughs> like not even a second, and then takes them further in that reality into another one. So obviously he's capable of like putting someone in a place where like time just stands still, out in almost still in the real world. Yeah, and she's just a fucking shell of a woman. Yeah, on the outside. Not, not but, now. And, and then on the inside, she's in a car wash, having a good time, dressed up like fucking <laughs> Jack Torrance. <laughs> oh, we don't know where she went. I mean, I'm, I honestly, I like Farouk enough, not that he's shown, given me any reason to, other than like the actor they hired and the lines they give him are fantastic. But I like him enough to think that he would have given her like a nice paradise to like hang out in for yeah. that long. Yeah. There, there seemed to me to be like a respect or a history there, but we said the same thing about the way he talked to David earlier in the season and he totally just fucking killed his sister, or like mm-hmm. blended her with, yeah. with Aubrey Plaza. So maybe he's not so true to his word. Yeah. He definitely uses motherfuckers for how he wants. Even if he did that to someone, he could always come back and, you know, be like, well, I gave you, you know, 
I gave you enough time. You've had 2000 years and <laughs> at least from what you've thought. Yeah. Now I need something from you, you know, kind of that thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like keeping people in, in a prison though. They for just be like, you know, how about 2000 more years? Snap. Okay. Yeah. Now you're ready. Yeah. Now you're ready. <laughs> you ready? That's like that black mirror episode where they, oh, Don John, John Ham, Ham. which yeah. is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after that, David is in his chamber. Um, kind of trying to figure like figure out a plan, I guess. And he's talking yeah. to himself, which seems like perhaps it's, he's talking about like using a certain, uh, person or something like that. It almost seems like he's, he's talking about using a, I, I thought I was like, is he talking like two multiple realities of himself? And like, should we use this person? Should we use this person? Just cause I wanted that from it. I don't think that's actually what was going on. I think it was him talking about his, the people that are in his life as like pawns almost, which would make sense because then transitions to him, like strategizing in like a war room type mm-hmm situation like with everyone yeah with um, like well using them as like game pieces little flags yeah and like placing them where he wants to and then, and then like it flashes clips once he places them there of those actual people showing up in those locations um <clears throat> or whatever the location is and then it he it yeah it's like he's playing a game mm-hmm. it's like he's it's like he's building a strategy in a in a game situation like a game setting yeah He's trying to figure out where, where everyone should go and everything. And he, and then he's, and then he's planting those, yeah. uh, situations in um, everyone's minds as well. Um, he's just like flashing them into his mind. The way he does that is really cool. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that further reinforces the whole thing with like David, not truly looking at anyone else outside of himself is like really being there. Yeah. Well, he's manipulating people. Well, yeah. Sure. And he's treating them like they they don't matter. Like they're just little pieces on a board that mm-hmm. he can move around and place where he wants. Um, I don't know. They're they're like now that I'm thinking about it more and more. I think that he, uh, uh, John Hams, at least in this specific episode, his whole lesson, the quote unquote lesson is directly ref- referring to how David is, is treating people and behaving. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, I didn't think that until we started this podcast. Same, I didn't have this thought <laughs> until, we, I, until I was speaking the words. Yeah, and I think that's right on, for sure. He's totally doing it. And uh, Sid finds the note where he's like, I'm going to kill the monster. And Sid's like, motherfucker. Like, I mean, he wrote more than just, I'm going to kill the monster. It well, she said or whatever, like going to kill the monster. No, no, literally, there was a voiceover of David. I'm making a joke because (laughs) when she lands and she's like, "What the fuck?" Essentially, and he, she's like, "You," he's like, "Well, I left you a note." She goes, "I'm going to kill the monster," and he goes, "Well, I'm pretty sure I wrote more than that. I know I said I love you," (laughs) and she's like, "Fuck you," you know. Uh, Sorry, I'm just making a stupid joke. No, I did. I just didn't even. I didn't. I didn't realize that's that happened. <laughs> so I didn't get it. I want to say that when she goes after him and fucking parachutes down. Oh yeah. Bad. The way they shot it too was bad. It fucking was fucking ass. awesome. Yeah. 
and that she just lands and doesn't miss a goddamn beat. She's wearing all black with those fucking gloves and just marches up straight towards him, like determined, like, what are you doing? You fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's I, great that she has that compass as well. That just brings her like right straight to, to him. Yeah. <laughs> I love her and I love that actress. I won't. Oh, I, I love like, her so much. I want more with her. Yeah. Like, I want alone time. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that on another podcast. <laughs> I meant more entertainment with that she's in, that she's starring in. I want that woman to have work for the rest of her career. Yeah, for sure. Definitely more from Noah Hawley. Maybe yeah. she'll be in the Doctor Doom movie. <laughs> if that's still going to be a thing. Is he like supposed to be doing that? He's supposed to be writing a... Uh, he said like last Comic-Con or something uh, when they were releasing all the Avengers stuff. He was like, he wanted to write a Doom movie. Like where it was just about Doctor Doom. Was it? I, I remember reading about that. I think he was saying he wanted to do the the storyline where Doom actually defeats the Fantastic Four and takes over the world and then like cures all of its problems. And no, I, think, I, don't, I don't. I didn't read that. I think that. Well, there's a plot line where Doctor Doom. If Doctor Doom wins, when when Doctor Doom wins, and I think the one plot line where he like actually like dominates and defeats the fantastic four he ends up just making the world a paradise and it's like full utopia mm-hmm. and people live for like a, like thousands of years and he's just he did like he truly like made the world a better place um and then he gets fucking bored with it and he's like god damn it i needed to be the villain i didn't actually need to be the hero and then he has to like go on a an adventure essentially to like go back in time and erase his actions yeah and like stop the world from being saved honestly a movie like that by noah hawley i would believe that he could do it yeah for sure well the thing is that he he did this before that fox disney deal i think was even like on the table on the table at least publicly you know yeah for sure um so i don't know you know how much insight he had into that being the person that he is with all you know but I mean, even so, I can still see Marvel Studios picking Noah Hawley to be a director of one of their films. Or one of the X-Men movies, now that Brian Singer is um, having like a going to have a tough career. <laughs> um, well, like, I, yeah, well, but if he wants to write Doom and he just writes Doom anyway, you know, just, yeah, he's already got a script or something, <clears throat> yeah. Or he's just like, I'm in, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You guys. But can. I think it would be probably formatted as a Fantastic Four film. Um, yeah. If it was to be under Marvel Studios. Because I, I, it's truly not going to... It, it's surely not going to be coming out before, you know, like 2020. Well, it is coming out before 2020. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and, uh, and that's when the fucking... That's when, like, everything's supposed to be solid as fuck. Yeah. With the with the deal. With by where the, they can literally use whenever they want. All the characters except for the Spider Verse. Which they already have. Well Sony some owns, of it. They own some well they they've been they, they have Spider Man. Some of it. But Sony has Spider Man, yeah. Sony Sony holds those those rights. They're they're lending so bummed. In. Yeah. Well at least they're at least they fucking made the deal to lend in. It's true. And like and they're, they're doing good good shit. and stuff. Yeah. And we found out that Jake Gyllenhaal is gonna be Mysterio and Which I've been waiting for Mysterio to be portrayed in a fucking movie since, you know, I played the original Spider Man PS one game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like Mysterio. Nintendo sixty four. 
I play the same game, bro. Yeah, I played on N64 and PlayStation One. I had <laughs> and, both versions. And my and my compact. Yeah. <laughs> and I had all the cheat codes, and I had all the fucking Spidey suits, and yeah, they yeah. had all those crazy fucking Spidey suits you could wear. And you're like running away from like Carnage, Doc Ock, fucking Dude. symbiote at the end, crazy Car- shit. Carnage, his whole like sequence in that game is fucking awesome and then daredevil's in that game and there's that whole mission black cat black cat you're just a little fucking 12 year old boy with a little boner just looking at black cats fucking eight bit tits (laughs) fucking black cat like 32 64 bit tits i guess 64 bit tits (laughs) i mean they were better than fucking lara croft's original games and lara uh, lara croft's (laughs) Which is, uh, I love watching or looking at pictures of... Um, what? What do you like looking at pictures of? Realistic or uh, cosplays, realistic cosplays of the like original Laura Croft games where people make suits with like the pointy, like all the pointed jagged I've like, never angles. seen that. Dude, they're so funny. There's That's some awesome. really good ones where people wear suits and make them look like those like pixelated, like That's pointed funny as shit. And like, yeah. Oh my God. I've never seen that. They're funny. That sounds amazing. Yeah. They're, they're pretty great. <laughs> they, they get popped up on Reddit every like month or two. <laughs> um, okay. So, before um, Sid goes to the desert, she talks to the interrogator and they have, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of whiskey <laughs> yeah, and, bit. and she's talking about how uh, David lies to her and like she, she doesn't think that David knows the, the difference between right and wrong and like maybe he doesn't even know when he's lying, but he, she thinks that he's lying all the time, all the time and he's in ways that none of them like can even know yeah um and and she doesn't trust him that's what she says but it despite all of that she still loves him yeah and and he's like asking her he's like do you trust him and she's she's like off the record he's like off the record it's like just girl talk (laughs) i love that he (laughs) says that yeah it's just us girls here yeah i I love he's so great dude he was like and the way he was uh like everything he said to her, every response he gave to her was, um, a passive or a subtle undermine of David's authority. Yeah. You know, like he was constantly reminding her in that conversation, how quickly David could destroy the world and how, uh, yeah, like, please, please don't hurt his feelings. <laughs> but yeah, he made, he literally made that comment. Um, I'd have to like go back and pull out this, like watch the scene again to point out the specific dialogue. But for like, a lot of that conversation, everything he said had this like, this like edge to it, which was like reminding her like, yeah, by the way, that's not always a good thing. That's not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. You, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have to deal with that shit. Yeah. And she of. mentions, um, the fact that he's not focused on the right part and like for the world to be saved, that their love has to be saved. Yeah. It has and, to- and he's kind of going the opposite direction for away from that, like how she knows that he has been kind of ignoring herself in the future as well. Mm-hmm. And well, is, I think she understands that for David to save the world and the, and the only way to save the world is to save David because he's the one who I believe ends up destroying the world is for him to be like to fight for love. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming down to his, uh, decision to not fight for love, but to fight for his own selfish, like 
emotions, which is what we've already said is the theme of this is his like inability to, to view other people as being actually real. And he's the only one who's actually real. Mm -hmm. And he treats everyone else around him. Like, uh, like the girl on the phone who, you know, is mean to someone over social media because that's just the shadow on the wall. I'm the only thing that's actually, I'm the world and everything else is just, I can do whatever I want to it. So he, I think everything we've seen this season has led David to feel like he's good, like a godlike figure and he reacts only to his own selfish, like emotional desire. Yeah. He doesn't see the whole picture. And, and, and he, Sid is saying the only way that he can save the world and, and not like actually destroy the world is if he starts to treat me and love and everyone else as if it's it's we're part of the world and yeah like like he realizes like he becomes empathetic and and more and like i don't know there i i really think that like sid in this is like summarizing exactly what has to happen for david to to not go down the wrong path yeah absolutely yeah i think you're 100 percent right and uh i'm i'm interested to see where the show's gonna go because i don't typically in a normal fucking drama i'd say i'd go he's going to go down the wrong path because that's what the drama is and that the conflict is going to be that someone's here challenging him to make a better decision and then the drama comes in between that but i don't know where how this show is going to play out like i don't know if he's going to make the right choice at the end and actually fight for love and realize that like what he's doing is selfish and he needs I would to make think the right that choice that would be the con- that would be the conventional way to end the show well, I think if you do that or you have him completely break and become evil or like kill Farouk and make a selfish decision and really just like hone in on that, like that, that aspect of the theme that we are, have discovered in this episode, uh, like about David's character, that uh, both of those are conventional ways to end the show. And I don't think it, I really don't think it's going to be either one. I think it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be more along the lines of popping up in a red room with insanity and killing insanity <laughs> like it's gonna be something so fucking crazy that we didn't think about yeah it's that's be, just in there you're just like be, oh my god this is incredible it's gonna take those twin peaks level turns like, <laughs> oh well never mind yeah <laughs> yeah it, it builds it builds the uh expectation of certain things and then just like takes a, a hard right and then a hard left really fast and they're yeah. like never mind nothing and it goes straight yeah. up yeah and then they just fly into space <laughs> Um, but okay. During this whole conversation with Sid and the interrogator, it, it, uh, zooms out with honestly fucking awesome camera work. And you see Melanie is listening to this whole conversation. That was great. Yeah. And I'm not sure what's going on with Melanie, but from this episode, I'm not sure what last episode when he was plucking out insanity of everyone's heads, did he take it out of her head as well? Was she in the room? She... You know, I'm gonna have to go rewatch. I would have to rewatch it. But I honestly, from if my memory serves correct, she came in and was unaffected, and or seemingly unaffected, and helped David. Was like, they're like, what's going? Like, 
they're not in their right minds mm-hmm. or something. Like I, if I remember correctly, she was like the only one who seemed like rational besides David, which might be a part of it as well. Yeah. Because we were saying earlier in that first episode, I mean, earlier on like another, on like other episodes of the show, that first episode when she does the drugs and then we see that fucking crazy monster thing walking past her. Yeah. Um, that that's like another, like that, that was like a, a grown version of the, the delusion yeah. that he's, he's now killed some of that but like i don't think that if he didn't pull it out of melanie's head in that episode then i and and that's still possibly a delusion it i mean it it could be something where she's affected by a completely different kind of delusion and it's grown so much out of control that she's able to like you know hide it from even david exactly yeah um which i you know I, I'm interested to go back and watch that scene because I think that uh, <clears throat> that might actually reveal a lot. Yeah, for sure. Especially how they end this episode. episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, so after that, uh, David is voice voiceovering uh, on your mark, get set, go, and that's when he's kind of releasing his pawns. At least Lenny. He like straight up opens the door for her with his mind mm-hmm. from the desert, lets her go. The scene where he puts the thought inside Lenny's head, yeah, was wonderful. It was so fucking awesome. She's like holding a gun in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then just the whole conversation they have in the bedroom, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Am I really here? If I wake up and I'm just back, yeah, with in there, and like I, I can't handle that." And he's like, "No, you're babe, really here, sweetheart. Like, darling, you're here." Kisses like, her on the forehead, and then he's starting to treat her like it's his sister. Yeah, and it's his friend, and like I don't know, he's obviously feels conflict for her character. Yeah. But then <laughs> plants something in her mind to obviously his own benefit. Yeah. Maybe the benefit of the world. Maybe not. Probably yeah. just him right now, his plan. Yeah. And is like disappears outside of the room, which fucking really puts a damper on her mind. Yeah, she just goes, no, <laughs> she's just like, what the fuck? You just told me this was real. And now you fucking disappearing on me. She just disappears. And I, I think the sound design, like really quietly, you hear it just go like, Oh no. Or something like that. Like something along those lines of her just like expressing this, like sigh. Yeah. Of like sadness and like, uh, confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, they, because immediately following that, uh, man carry the clown. Because <laughs> I guess he's a clown in real life. And Hamish Link later walking down the hallway, and David like does the snap in front of them and plants those thoughts, yeah. and then disappears. Does the same thing he just did inside Aubrey Plaza's cell, and then um, they both are just like, like they 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 seem confused, and then they're like, we don't know what even just happened, and it seemed like they they didn't even remember that David was standing in front of them. You know, yeah, exactly. Like he just like wiped that that those moments from their brain or mm-hmm. something. So I I don't know what the fuck is gonna like happen with um with Sid or not with Sid with uh, Aubrey Plaza uh in the next episode. But I really think that Hamish Linklater and Carrie are going to play like into David's plans, and I think Aubrey Plaza oh, for probably sure. won't. Yeah, well, from yeah the glimpse of the next episode, Aubrey Plaza looked like she's she's already kind of crazy. So like, 
her seeing something in her mind, like inception, like might not do much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, well, and it's not just Aubrey Plaza. It's not just Lenny. It's, it is, I, I truly believe that Katie Azelton's character that, um, I well, think, yeah, they even show her like it's, it's, it's a split it, yeah. personality. How, how, what the percentages are on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. But obviously Lenny is the outward appearance and, yeah. uh, Azelton's eyes are like what her eyes look like now. Yeah. But it seems to me that like, at least in, in, internally they can communicate with each other for sure or they they're going to start communicating with each other yeah it's probably going to be amy trying to whip lenny into shape while she's doing drugs and shit yeah. like that and being a fucking terrible and now and now kitty Azelton is going to be stuck inside the mind of someone who's actually mentally ill and addicted and she's going to come to understand like how she fucked up treating david oh that's yeah that's a good point yeah there will probably be we'll like an aspect a dramatic of that. moment from that yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be a moment where she like comes to terms with the fact that she uh never understood like what was wrong with her brother and didn't know how to, didn't know how to handle it and didn't try to truly yeah. handle it correctly. Well, also Farouk talking about it in the last episode when they're at the dinner table and he's mm-hmm. talking about like you know, Amy didn't help you and shit. What if that actually comes through to David and he thinks that, you know, he yeah. he comes to think that and then almost her understanding through Lenny is like a saving grace. Yeah. You know, it like redeems her in some kind of strange way. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I could almost even see like, like she comes to find understanding of like her own, uh, like foils or like, uh, bad decisions over time. And then Lenny showing up to date, like with David at like a crucial moment and him having like, having a realization let that Kate, like Katie Azelton's reaching out to him and being like, he's fruit was, was right. And like, I fucked up. Yeah. And like, don't do what you're about to do or something like that. Like I, I could honestly see it, it. Some, something in that realm yeah, coming to pass because, uh, and like not necessarily Katie Azelton or his sister ever being removed from Lenny, but him coming to terms with the fact that it's like two people in one and it's, it's like the carries, but they can't, you know, extract themselves from each other. Yeah. Um, and then it's becomes this whole different kind and, of character. And, and Lenny isn't the best communicator on the outside no. for the person on the inside. She's like a little crazy and like, yeah. And yeah. And so then the internal personality is like the one who should be communicating with people and the outward personality should probably just stay inside, but they've like reversed roles. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so you're, do you remember that flash when, uh, it's like right before we, we're like kind of seeing Oliver and Farouk in the desert again, we see the flash inside the temple of the tree Mm -hmm. and just one leaf falls off. Yeah. And then it flashes to like the coffin. Mm -hmm. I do remember Um, that. And I'm like wondering if that also signifies like the beginning of the end kind of thing you know the shedding like of yeah. the tree like i wonder if that's gonna it's like the coming of autumn like the the leaves are beginning to fall mm-hmm. the the end is is coming kind yeah. of thing yeah i mean obviously the end is coming so but well, the end of the season <laughs> the end of the season yeah, yeah for sure but uh i i 
I thought that was interesting and just it just excited me, honestly. I was oh, just like, yeah. Yas. Every little detail of this show honestly excites me. Um and I'm constantly surprised, so it's a fucking plus. So so Farouk and Oliver are talking about the desert and it's like fucking crazy. There's like mirages and then they're disappearing. Like he's like saying, you know, like the time is changing. This this whole place was set um, under, you know, some sort of, uh, it's not like a, you know, a curse or anything, but kind of for him in that, in that way that like it's changing so that he can't get to his body. He implied that it, it's like magical in some yeah, way yeah. and that like his body was placed there and pe- there are like, and then the footage, the clips that they show while he's saying this fucking crazy yeah. when well, they make me think that there are like. I mean, obviously there are people actively working for him not to get his body that, but that there are people actively like managing this trip desert, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. This maze desert. Like an amusement park. Yeah. They're putting like, together and they're, but they're doing it to constantly throw keep Farouk's off. body from being found by mm-hmm. Farouk or really anybody else. Um, and like the way they depict that with like the people pulling the, the, ground together yeah. like it's a puzzle like it's like fucking tectonic plates pulling them back together <laughs> yeah like i i don't know i mean they're treating it like it yeah it, it was it was incredible yeah, and then like as they do cool. that the like aspects of the horizon and buildings and like the the temple where farouk's body is yeah. being kept like it like dematerializes and then materializes somewhere else well so he's talking about how david has to find the secret if he wants to make it through um, the yeah, desert. Like, there's like a, so I, I even think about this till now. But when they're when they're uh, when him and Sid are going in the tent and they find their bodies and it rewinds and they find their bodies again. They're mm-hmm. like that's us, like kind of thing. That could be a trick of the desert keeping him from Farouk's body as well. I think so as well. You know, yeah. I didn't think I didn't about think that. about that either. Yeah, but that could be some that could be something else completely for sure. Um, I don't know what that was. Yeah. It, it threw me off. I liked it, but I was um, I was very uh, uh, thrown off by yeah, it because like sure. I, w- I mean, no one ever expects like for a scene to play out and then there to be this really quick. I was already confused that their skeletons were there, and then for it to rewind and play again. Well, not rewind. We get a rewind later, but it to just play again. Well, it's like them walking in. They hear. They, they, they go, oh my God, what happened to us? That's us. That looks like us. And then they hear themselves outside and they both react to the noise. Yeah. And they're like, what was that? And then it cuts and they're gone. And they're and, coming in again. And they're coming in again. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's super what weird. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, and then they like bicker a little bit more and she's like, you better have a fucking plan. <laughs> yeah. And then she tells him, which I think is a significant line. She says, um, will you do me a favor? And he was like, I'll do anything. What is it? And she's like, make the right choice when it uh, comes time. Yeah. You know, or pro- prove me wrong and make the right choice. Or, you know, some, something along those lines. I know she says prove me wrong. Um, and I, I just like, I mean, I'm holding out for the fact that like she'll come through to David and he'll realize he's being like. Yeah. Crazy person. I, I do want love to win, I want love to but win. I also really want some crazy ass dark shit to happen. <laughs> I think if love wins or dark or or doesn't, dark shit's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This the show is uh, dark and surprising in the best way. Um, 
so then we go to the end of the episode, the last scene with the interrogator and David is saying like, find the clock. You, you hear a voiceover of him saying, find the clock, which I don't know what the fuck that means. Well, it showed that there's a flash earlier on in the episode when I think when he's planting memories and stuff in people or when he's planning at least of inside some like the, that monastery or whatever. And it's like open aired and there's that weird metal thing that's shaped like two bullhorns sticking out of the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reference that that was the clock, that that's what it is. Like if there's something in there, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. something uh, that we just didn't see exactly in the, in the shot. Um, and, and then Melanie like fucking hits him over the head or some shit. Yeah. With, uh, and then it just straight up rewinds. She starts to drag him away and then it rewinds. And the whole time it's rewinding, we get periodically get a man's voice going, Melanie. Yeah. And it's, it, I would think it's, it's Jermaine Clement. It's, it's, oh, really? That's what I thought. At the very last one. I, it sounded like him and okay. I was like, I, think, I couldn't quite place it. I think it's Jermaine. Um, going Melanie, Melanie. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. They have communicated uh, it, a little it, bit cause she is the one who almost revealed a secret to him about defeating Farouk. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and then it, it's that he, it goes, it goes back in time. It goes into her eyes and he says Melanie. And then it cuts to a shot of Jermaine Clement in the, um, in the paddy wagon thing yeah. with, uh, Amal. And then it goes into what, when, you know, what happens next, um, which I am hard pressed to describe. I might let you do that. The last shot, actual shot of the show, but it made me think like he, he rewound, like Oliver rewound what she just did. And, uh, was speaking to her the whole time or he was speaking to her the whole time. And then she went through with it. And the way they present it to you in the show is just like this crazy, like reverse effect, but like it still actually happened. I don't know why they would do it that way, but yeah, I'm not so sure about, I'm not so sure about a lot of things, but yeah, but I think it, it probably did, uh, rewind in, in, um, like actually, rewind, in, in, yeah, yeah act, actually did in the episode. Um, and then, so Farouk is close, he says. It cuts to Farouk saying that he's close. I'm close to you, my baby. And what, like, you're like going down a hallway and it gets dark. And I was like, oh, is this about to be the fucking end? Like, fuck that. And then you just see like overhead, like we're underneath the fucking demon cow skull crazy fucking thing some kind of monster and it's upside down in the frame yeah and like and you're just like oh shit and it's like fucking crazy is about to happen right here it looks so nuts and it's the end credits just, yeah it just cuts the end and you're like god damn it i, mean, <laughs> I want yeah, more and and from what i can get garner from the next like the next and uh, stay tuned for next week yeah bit um we're not going to get a ton of plot answers. I feel <laughs> yeah. like there's going to be like, yeah. well, we'll get, we'll get what we were talking about with Lenny and Amy for sure. It seems like we're, we're which, gonna, which will develop, you know? Yeah. We're going to get a lot, but it's going to be another like episode that like it, this season seems to have done episode of plot episode of, uh, 
exploring exploring like a different character dynamic or theme or something yeah. and then coming back to the plot and then going crazy like, it's like every other well, these episode. last two episodes that we got were pure were pure, pure plot. plot so now there's three episodes left so i'm willing to bet that the next one is going to it's obviously going to be like introduce things to the plot that are important but it's going to really just focus on um like aubrey plaza's character and uh, melanie and uh Oliver and Jermaine Clement and we're not going to see the uh, we're not going to see Farouk find his body yeah we're not going to see the progression of where like where we think it's about to go yeah Um, and I think that's going to come into play in the in the episode following this and and the season finale and those are going to be like two really insane uh, like focusing on the main plot kind of episodes yeah for sure and the only reason that there's a two episodes after the next one is because we don't know why <laughs> so i would assume that this next episode takes a pause and then the then the episode following that is going to be all plot yeah because it's, it's gonna the be last it was crazy. intended to be the last episode it was intended to be the last episode which is fucking insane. it just makes me I'm like i wonder if they recut you know I'm sure um, they have. I'm sure they've been cutting and recutting and recutting as the, like I'm sure Noah Hawley has probably recut things in the season finale and probably in the last couple episodes that we've watched while the show was airing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I love it. That was a great episode. It was fantastic. Well, this episode is uh it was another somewhat straightforward one and it really like tightened up the themes and the psychology yeah and uh like different motivations so like now i think i have a better understanding of like kind of where david's head is at where definitely where sid's head is at where the inter uh the uh interrogator's head is at um i mean we kind of know where we literally know where patonomy's head is at like (laughs) like physically but uh i i mean obviously he's going to come back into play but we can kind of see like like how his plot played out so the only like things on the board right now that i'm not like 100 percent sure on are melanie and our aubrey plaza and the sister um because everything else seems to be kind of like coming together like it you know yeah you can kind of see how everything else is going to come together um so i think it, it is like interesting and in like it a good decision that they're like obviously going to focus on the now the two characters that we aren't 100% sure what their situation yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. They're going to develop that aspect of the show a little more to, to to bring it all together. Yeah. Everything's brought together and then... But I'm know. seeing everything play out again. Like, the, and this happened in the first season where you're like, what the fuck is happening in this show? <laughs> and then it gets close and cl- closer and closer to the end and then you start going, I think I might see where this is going yeah obviously they're going to subvert that a little bit (laughs) a lot of it probably um but like it is starting to all come together yeah it doesn't seem like a big steaming pile of doo-doo yeah well everything seems connected even the even things in the first i bet if we go rewatch episodes we're gonna notice shit and be like oh fuck oh yeah for sure yeah yeah and it'll be it'll probably be excited to do oh i can't wait i'm gonna wait till probably the this thing wraps up all over and then just watch it again yeah, we'll do rewatch like value on Legion season one is fucking impeccable. So I know <laughs> I, I can't wait to rewatch this. Well, then this is um, probably the most unique season of television I've ever. Yeah, like, for sure. Put I have, time there's in. so many 
but so, but so many times where I have that exact thought between this and and then just what Twin Peaks was and is um I think those these those are the only two shows that really are doing anything like unpredictable mm-hmm. yeah like I I mean it would be hard I would be hard it would be difficult to say Legion is doing a better job than Twin Peaks did <laughs> um obviously doesn't have the same following well, different following but like similar in the way that they take very very uh experimental approaches to telling a story and their stories like don't take place and don't want to take place in any kind of like reality yeah they they want to exist in this like weird cinematic surreal mm-hmm. there's uh, no time uh you know it's it's symbolism and it's metaphor and it's you know psychological like examinations and yeah, uh, they don't want you to place it in a, in a box. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like this is pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> pretty fucking crazy. It is awesome. Well, all right. Um, that's fun. Great. I love that conversation. It was a really good conversation. <laughs> um, so next week, uh, things are going to be a little weird, a little different. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, Chase is going out of town. That's right. He's going to Austin, Texas to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to stay in some other places. I'll be in New Orleans for a couple of days. You know, well, you know. He's doing a gig at the uh, Spotted Cat. So go see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. <laughs> the splattered cat. <laughs> and uh, so I am perhaps going to have um, another guest. And we're going to, I'm not going to, you know, go into that too much, but there, there'll be an episode. So don't worry about it. We we will say that there will be an episode. And I'm sorry, I won't be here next week, guys. But Alan will have someone very cool and. Uh, someone who's watched the show. Yeah. And someone who, know, <laughs> who knows what's going on. And, uh, I think you're, you're going to be in for a treat. And then after that, you're Chase is off the show forever. Yeah. Alan's going to do this without me and I'm going to kill myself <laughs> because I'm sad. Yeah. So bye. No, bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. <laughs> so is the splattered cat a real place? The spotted cats, the spot. I thought you said the splattered cat. And I was like, well, that's an unfortunate name for a bar <laughs> or you're fucking with me. Uh, I could totally see the splattered cat totally being a bar. Yeah. Um, It just just puts an image in my head. Something in like like. cool world. (laughs) 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 But I know the spotted cat is absolutely a jazz bar off like Frenchman street. Oh, at New Orleans. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's That's awesome. Maybe I'll check that out while I'm there. Yeah, go for it. Maybe I'll do that. Hey. But all right. um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Find us um, on all the internets and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, You can find us at Coming of Age Pod on Instagram. And at Coming of Age Pod underscore on Twitter. And, you know, just just, uh, subscribe and give us some reviews and stuff and if you like what you're listening to just help us out a little bit we love you please tweet us please tweet me things <laughs> tweet me movies you want me to watch like fuck i'm tired of screaming into the void that is twitter so please just tweet us some shit yeah if you if you have any recommendations something you'd like uh these voices to talk about then then, then let us know yeah please we would love to hear what you 
think we should watch. Um, I, I'm going to give them a shout out right now. I don't know how to pronounce their username on YouTube, but they left us a little suggestion on one of our YouTube uh, episodes of Legion for a movie to watch. And uh, I think we're, we're probably going to put it on our list. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was a Jim Jarmish movie, and uh, I'm a fan of his, and I've not actually seen the movie they suggested. And, you know, we uh, we appreciate things like that, and we appreciate that that listener a lot so if, if you're listening i think your name's like tara or teru or tara something and we like you and we appreciate it and let us know if uh, you have anything else to contribute or uh, for anything else you want us to see because <clears throat> we uh we love that we do thank you so much guys love you bye bye fuck you